Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Hallelujah. And so tonight, I just want to take a, a little bit of time, and I want to share a little bit with you about the power of God's kingdom. Is that all right? It has to be all right. This one will do. Praise God. So, amen. But we're just going to believe God together, and I want you to get a hold of this word because that which we just did to minister is a just a, a look into what God is wanting to do here in just a few moments after I get some word in you. Amen? There's going to be healings take place in this house tonight. I already saw it. Praise God. Sometimes what I struggle is then when do you want to do this, Lord, now or after I get done? I mean, you know, am I supposed to preach or just go ahead and do this? Praise God. Because the anointing is flowing right in here right now to do some wonderful things. Praise God. Amen. So let's look in Luke's gospel, the first chapter, Luke chapter 1. And we're, we're, we'll read here uh, beginning in verse 30. And what I'm sharing with you is the, the power of God's kingdom. I want to show you basically about four things that the Lord Jesus Christ came to reveal to us about the kingdom of God. Amen. We're talking about kingdom rise. Well, it can't rise if we don't know what it is. You know, and, you know the Bible tells us over in the Old Testament that, that the people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know the word destroyed there in Hosea 4? It says this, my people are cut off from the blessings of heaven because they have a lack of knowledge of what God says they'll do for them. So we get cut off if we don't gain knowledge of what God is wanting to do in this moment. Amen? Praise God. And so here in Luke chapter 1, we, we have the story. We call it the Christmas story, but it's actually the introduction of what God is wanting to do in the earth. Amen? And look, look what he says here. He says in, in verse 30, he starts off and he says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man who well, actually went up to verse 26. But anyway, we'll, we'll get down to it. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come to the angel, said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Aren't, aren't, aren't you knows? I just wanted to bring that in. That, that he said, you're highly favored. God is blessing you. And that which is going to happen to you is going to be supernatural. Amen. Then we pick it up down here in verse 30 and we find the message. And he says, Then the angel said to her, Be not afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And he says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the, the house of Jacob forever, forever forever amen and of his kingdom there will be no end so the angel gabriel brings us insight into the purpose of the lord jesus christ coming to this earth amen his whole purpose for coming to this earth is to reintroduce the kingdom of god back to man and notice that he's called the son of the highest and he'll sit on the throne of his father, David. The son of the highest is his deity and sitting on the throne of David is his humanity. So the angel is saying God is sending a God man who will represent the kingdom of God in heaven and represent the kingdom of God on the earth. And he will unite heaven and earth back together and he'll connect God and man back together because he'll represent man and he'll represent God and he'll sit on the throne. He won't just be a preacher, he'll be a king because only kings sit on a throne. Amen? 
And he's going to have dominion. And he's going to establish the kingdom of God. How long? Forever. He's going to reign forever. That means that this, this king that's coming to the earth, that God is going to bring through the virgin birth and bring him into this world, he's going to be a God-man. He's going to reintroduce man and God and bring them back together. He's going to sit on the throne, and his kingdom is going to be forever and ever and ever. That means once his kingdom is established, there is no power great enough to ever dethrone him from his throne. That means his kingdom is greater than any other kingdom from that moment on. The moment the kingdom of God is reestablished on earth, it will be a forever eternal kingdom that cannot be toppled by any other enemy forever and ever and ever and ever. There's a king coming. Hallelujah. And this king is going to do great and mighty things. Now pick this up over in Mark's gospel. Let's go over here in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. And we begin to see the Lord Jesus coming on the scene. You know, he, he for 30 years, he's kind of behind the scene. We see a little bit of him when he's 12. And, you know, he's down here, you know, and the, the, his parents left him in Jerusalem for a few days. Hallelujah. Amen. So, you see, not, not even the, the parents of Jesus were perfect, praise God. So, that's not an excuse for you to leave your kids. But anyway. But then you don't see anymore until the Lord begins his ministry. John's here baptizing in the wilderness and Jesus comes to him. And of course, we know that, that he's baptized in the river Jordan. The Spirit of God comes upon him. He goes into the wilderness. He defeats the devil first. Amen. See, folks, here's the thing. Before you can go minister to people, a lot of times you have to defeat the devil out of your life before you can defeat the devil out of somebody else's life. Amen. Jesus proved it in his own life before he ever tried to convince anybody else to do it too. Come on, get a hold of that. See, a lot of times the reason our testimony or our sharing isn't getting any results is because people are watching our lifestyle and we haven't proved it first in our life. Amen. But the Lord Jesus comes and he proves himself first and defeats the devil in his own personal life. Amen. He defeated him in the physical realm. He defeated him in the emotional realm. He defeated him in the, the, the financial realm. He defeated him in the spiritual realm. He took him on on every situation the devil did. And Jesus took him down. And the Bible in Luke's gospel, I like it. It says Jesus came up out of the, the water. Spirit of God came on him. John says he received the spirit without measure. But Luke says that after he defeated the devil, he returned in the power of the spirit. Listen to me, when you take a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ, it doesn't diminish your faith. It doesn't diminish the anointing in your life. It will increase the anointing in your life. Amen? Don't ever run from a fight with the devil. The, just stand up, stand on the Word, take your place, and you'll begin to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? But the Lord Jesus here in Mark, in Mark chapter 1, verse 14, he's beginning his ministry in verses 14 and 15. He says, now, after John was uh, put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And he said, this is what he was saying when he was preaching. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. 
Now, the first two things that we're going to find that Jesus reveals here is this. Number one, Jesus came to reveal to us that he is bringing the kingdom of God back to man. Amen. Verse 14, he's revealing here. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Look at that. He came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The word gospel there just simply means the report or the message. Amen. What's Jesus doing? He's bringing information to the people. He's bringing the message of the kingdom of God. He's declaring. Why is he doing that? Because you can't get people to believe if they don't hear. You have to have information. You can't believe for anything that you haven't heard. Are you listening to me? Listen, whenever, you know, I, I can remember back, back whenever Bonnie and I were, uh, we were at, at actually going to school, just finished up our, our, our senior year in college, and, and then we uh, moved back down to Virginia, and we were living there and praying about what to do, and then we got a hold of the, the Brother Hagin's books and got a hold of being filled with the Holy Ghost and got filled with the Holy Ghost, and then a guy gave me some stuff on healing, and I can remember we'd gone back down to Tennessee, that's where I'd gone to school, and, and, and the friends of ours were getting married, and, and, and so so uh, a guy came up to me and, and he says, look, I've got all these healing scriptures. And this guy graduated from Rhema, uh, the first class, and he started a church down here. And, and you should look at these. And I thought, man, that's good. So I got to look at all those scriptures, praise God. And I started memorizing healing scriptures. And all of a sudden, it just, that information became revelation. And when it became revelation, faith rose up on the inside of me. And I can remember we were driving back from uh, down near Cookville, Tennessee, back up to the Rocky Mountain area in Virginia, and we were coming through Withville, Virginia. I don't know if you know these things or not, but anyway, it was kind of country, and we're driving along, and I leaned over to Bond, and I said, I'm not going to be sick anymore. And I said it real loud because we were driving in a 1971 Ford Pinto, and it was so loud in that car, you had to yell to talk. <laughs> Hadn't meditated any on prosperity yet. I mean, I'm just getting on healing, praise God. And she said, what? I said, I said, I'm not going to be sick. And she goes, that's nice. I said, no, it ain't nice. It's the word of God. Because you see, you can't operate in the blessings of the kingdom of God without the information of what the blessings of the kingdom of God are. And God watches over his word to perform it. And if you want to see God do something, you've got to put God's word in that situation. A lot of us are trying to get God to do something, but we're not giving anything to do him anything to do something with. Amen. So Jesus comes, and what's he doing? He is introducing to the world the information and revelation of the gospel or the message of the kingdom of God. Amen. Now, what is the Lord's purpose for coming? He is to bring the realm and region that God governs back to the earth. He's reintroducing God's sovereignty, God's authority, and God's rule on the earth. Amen. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8 in the Amplified. I like the last part. It's the only part I want to read. He says, the reason the Son of God was made manifest, visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works that the devil had done. Undo, loosen, dissolve, destroy the works that the devil had done. Amen. In other words, Jesus was coming here to release the power of the kingdom of heaven and release God's sovereign rule and reign and influence back upon the earth and to man. And he's declaring to them his purpose for being here. That's what the gospel of the kingdom is. I'm here to let you know that God has come to influence you and rule and reign over these things and bring his sovereign rule and influence back to man on the planet. Amen. 
And also, we, we find this when we begin to look at this, that Jesus basically is saying here that he came to the earth to put down the rebellion. Isn't that right? If he came to undo, destroy, and break, he came to undo or break down or defeat the rebellion and restore God's order back to man and the earth. Amen? Because the earth was in rebellion against God because that's what Satan did. And Jesus came to destroy the rebellion. He, brought, he came to put the rebellion down. Amen. And restore God's order back to humanity. And so we see him preaching this, praise God. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, the Bible says that Jesus shared in everything that you and I share in. He took upon himself flesh and blood like you and I do, and he died for you and me and experienced death so that he could destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage to him. What's he saying? Jesus Christ came to bring himself into a position to take the devil on and to destroy his authority and break his power to keep people in spiritual death. That's why in Revelation 1, the very first thing he starts talking to John about is this. I am he that was dead, but now I'm alive. And behold, I have the keys of death and hell right here, praise God. The devil does not have the right to keep you in sin. The devil does not have the authority to keep you in sin, to keep you in the kingdom of darkness, to keep you bound. He cannot keep you separated from God because Jesus destroyed his power of death to bring you down. Amen? Colossians 2.15 says that Jesus triumphed over the demon forces of hell and made a public spectacle of them, an open show of them. Amen? Triumphed over them. What's that mean? Demons no longer have a right to lord themselves in your life. Well, I'm just oppressed all the time. Why? You're in the kingdom? Jesus broke the power of the enemy. You should not have all this oppression, torment, and all this other stuff in your minds. Amen? Jesus Christ came to set us free. This is the message that he's bringing to the people. Amen? He's bringing to them the message that he has come to put down the rebellion and set you free from the devil and all of his authority, all of his power, and everybody that's in the rebellion with him and bring God's order and sovereignty back to humanity. That's the first thing he's introducing to us, his purpose. The second thing is right here in verse 15. We'll just stay right there. What was the second thing? And he said, the time is fulfilled. You know, Paul picked up on that in Galatians chapter 4. And he said, in the fullness of time, God sent forth the son made of a woman made under the law. What did he come for? To redeem those who were all, always under the law, that we might receive the spirit of adoption, that we could be set free and walk in his righteousness. Amen. In other words, Jesus Christ came and he says, the fullness of the time is now. You know what he's saying? Everything that's ever been prophesied is right now coming to pass. Every Old Testament prophecy of God going to set man free is now being fulfilled right in front of your eyes. That time has come to its fullness. And then look what he says you've got to do with this. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. What's that mean? It's right here where you can reach out and grab it. Now, why is it that the kingdom of God is right there where you can reach out and grab it? You can't have a kingdom without first having a king. Amen? That means this. The king, we've already found out, he's a king. The king has come 
to release his kingdom into the earth. And because he's here, it's at hand. It's within reach. You can grab a hold of the kingdom of God right now and make it a part of your life. You can move into this new kingdom that I'm bringing to this earth. Amen. Now, you're not a real king until you've conquered some things. Amen. So Jesus is saying right here, he said, I've come to bring deliverance to you, and I've come to bring God's kingdom, God's rule, and God's reign, God's domain into this realm, and it's right here, and it's in a place now where you're going to be able to access it and grab a hold of it and make it a part of your life. Amen? And then he tells us the second part, how we're going to get it. Look what he says. He says, the kingdom of God is at hand. He says, therefore, repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. You hear me? How do you get in this kingdom, Jesus? Repent and believe in the gospel. Notice it's both. It's not just one. See, we're all the time telling everybody to repent. Now, repentance is not just remorse. A lot of people think repentance is, I'm sorry that I did it. But that's not what repentance means. Repentance means to make an entire change of mind, to really, to to absolutely change your thoughts, change your ways. It means to make a a total commitment not to do it that way anymore. It means I'm not going to live like this anymore. The Lord is saying to the people here, and he's saying this, he's saying God's kingdom is now at hand. It's right here. And what you've got to do is change the way you've thought, change the way you've seen things, change what you think about heaven and what you think about earth. You've got, you can't think about the law. You can't think about righteous acts on your own. You can't think anything. You're going to have to make a decision that, God, I am right now absolutely ignorant of anything, and I'm not going to let my ignorance stop me from having what you have but how many of you know you can make a decision to quit being what you've been and still not have what you need to have so Jesus didn't stop with you got to repent Jesus said not only do you have to repent you've got to believe in the gospel what's he saying you got to believe the message amen See, you got to understand something. And even Paul, when he brought the people down from Esther, started setting in elders. You know what Paul preached to them? In, in, in Acts chapter 20, verse 21, the Bible says that Paul absolutely preached repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it to you again. Paul preached to them, and he preached repentance towards God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. See, what a lot of people are doing is this. We're asking God to forgive us, but we're not making the change. See, you can't repent and just stay there because you'll go back into it. Amen? If you repent, that means you're turning from something and turning to something else. Amen? And so to repent means, God, I realize the way I'm thinking, the way I'm doing, the what I'm, my life is not working right now. Amen? And all this other stuff I've tried isn't really getting me where I need to be. So I stop right now allowing that to control me. I'm not wanting to live like that anymore. I'm tired of living like that now. And so I turn from that. But just to turn from that still doesn't put you in a place where you're walking in the authority and the power of the kingdom of God. What do you have to do now? You have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to believe that he is the Lord, that he is king, and that you've got to give your heart and life to him. Amen? Are you listening to me? See, it's not enough not to believe something. You have to believe something. You, anything you take out, you've got to put something else back in. 
Amen? There's no void in this life. It's filled up with something. Amen? You can't take one thing out, and it's just, it's just well, I'm just neutral. No, you're not. In Matthew 6, Jesus said, you're either with me or you're against me. There's no middle of the road here. You, he said, you're in or you're out. Amen? In Deuteronomy 30, when Moses calls all the people, he says, listen, I'm calling heaven to, to set a record against you that I've set before you life and blessing, death and cursing. He didn't say life and maybe life and, and, you know, and a little bit of life and some life. No, he says it's black or white, in or out, yes or no, God or not. Amen? And that's where we've got to come to right now because that's the message that the Lord Jesus brought to us. He said, you've got to repent from your sins. You've got to repent from trying to live your own life. You've got to repent from trying to figure it out yourself. But now you've got to turn completely and totally to God and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and not just believe on the Lord, but believe his gospel, believe his message. Folks, you can't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ without believing his message. How can you believe that I'm a good person if you don't believe what I say? You have to know what I believe before you can make a judgment on that. Are you listening to me? And you have to hear me say some things before you can make a good, honest decision on whether or not you want to accept or reject me as your friend. Amen? And the Lord is saying here, he's saying you, first of all, have to make a decision Lord, I'm tired of doing it my way, but now I'm going to turn and seek you and find your message on how to do it your way. Amen? So the first thing the Lord does is he introduces the kingdom to us. Second thing he does is he shows us how to get in it. Amen? Why have a kingdom if you can't get in it? And you know how great this thing is to get in it? I, got, I just got to come to God and say, Lord, I'm wrong. I don't want to be this way anymore. I believe in you, I believe your message, and I accept you as my Lord and King. Boom, I'm in it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's good news, isn't it? Amen. I get to walk in it. It's that simple. It's, I mean, somebody says, it couldn't be that easy. Yes, it is. I didn't make it easy. Jesus did. Amen. And he paid an awful price to make it easy for us. Are you listening? Because like I said, you, you're never going to be recognized as a king. Until you've defeated your enemy and set up your kingdom. And so the Lord is now setting up his kingdom. Now the Lord is, is going about it. He's sharing what this kingdom is all about. Now he begins to share with us how we get out of the darkness and get over into his kingdom by believing on him. Amen. But now let's, let's look over here in Matthew's gospel, the fourth chapter. Matthew chapter 4. Hallelujah. I want us to look down here in Matthew chapter 4, and we'll pick it up in verse 23. And the third thing the Lord Jesus does in his ministry is he demonstrates the power of God's kingdom. See, first of all, he's given us information about the kingdom. Then he declares to us what the kingdom is. And then he starts talking to us about how to get into the kingdom. And then he goes out and he starts preaching the message around about. And he starts demonstrating the power and the authority that the kingdom of God has. For he says in verse 23, And Jesus went about all of Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching what? What did Jesus preach? The gospel of the kingdom. Hallelujah. The gospel of the kingdom. Jesus preached the message of God's kingdom, God's dominion, God's authority, God's power, God's rule, God's reign, God's goodness. Hallelujah. Amen. 
And what did the Lord do after he finished preaching these things? He went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him the sick people that were afflicted and with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them, and great multitudes followed him. So when I begin to read this, see, you got, when you read the Bible, you have to read the Bible. Don't just read over it. Read it, okay? Jesus is preaching the message of the kingdom of God, and then Jesus turns with that message and starts healing the sick. So you know what a part of the message of the kingdom is? The kingdom of God has healing in the kingdom of God. And the healing power in the kingdom of God is greater than sickness and disease power in the kingdom of darkness because the greater kingdom always overrides the lesser kingdom. Are you listening to me? The most powerful always overrides and defeats the less powerful. Amen. And so Jesus comes preaching the gospel, the good news, the message of the kingdom of God, and he heals. But he doesn't just stop there. He heals those who are tormented by evil spirits. So now he's preaching that the kingdom of God is greater than the demon forces. The kingdom of God is greater than things that are tormenting your mind. The kingdom of God is greater than the diseases that are trying to afflict your body and hold you in bondage. The kingdom of God brings with it the glory of God, the goodness of of God, the healing of God, the deliverance of God, the power of God, and it and it's available to you if you'll repent and believe the gospel. Jesus is demonstrating us to us here that the reason you need to come into this kingdom is there's healing in this kingdom. There's deliverance in this kingdom. There's peace in this kingdom. There's victory over demons in this kingdom. There's power in this kingdom. In fact, in this kingdom, there's provision that will meet your needs to the point that people will be envious of you. There's so much power in this kingdom that I'm bringing to you that it doesn't matter what's gone on in your life in the past. God can change it in a twinkling of an eye and turn you around and make you a new creation that never existed before, give you a new nature, give you a new personality, and give you a new walk, and give you a new testimony, and a new witness. And when people look at you, they'll say, what happened to you? I'll tell you what happened to me. I was in the kingdom of darkness. I repented, gave my life to Jesus came over into the kingdom of God. So I came out of the kingdom of poverty. I came out of the kingdom of torment. I came out of the kingdom of unconscious self-denial. I came out of the kingdom of religion. I came out of the kingdom of unworthiness. I came out of the kingdom of not ever able to do anything because who am I? When I stepped out of that kingdom, I stepped over in this kingdom. And all of a sudden, I became a person that all things are possible. Whew. I came over in this kingdom. All of a sudden, I became somebody that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I stepped over into this kingdom under this authority of this new king. And all of a sudden, instead of being a nobody, he made me a somebody. Hallelujah. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? She came there, and everybody called her a nobody. She wasn't allowed to be out in the crowd. But when she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, he turned and said, Somebody touched me. Woo! The moment she touched Jesus, she went from being a nobody outcast to a somebody in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. Ooh, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to stop being a nobody and start becoming a somebody. The somebody that Jesus calls a somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. She stopped being sick. She stopped being poor. 
She stopped being an outcast. She stopped being looked down upon. She stopped all that junk that was in the kingdom of darkness just by elbowing her way through the obstacles of the enemy and touching Jesus with her faith. Amen. She believed enough to get to the king. And when she got to the king, he brought her into his kingdom and changed her whole life. And folks, that's, that's the power of the kingdom. And Jesus came to demonstrate the power of his kingdom to us. But now look in Matthew's gospel, the ninth chapter. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 9. Jump over here to verse 35. Once again, we'll find the Lord in action. I like to follow him. Amen. I like to make Jesus my example, praise God. But look what he does here. Matthew chapter 9, verse 34. It says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues. What's he doing? And preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Everywhere you look, he is preaching about the kingdom of God. He's preaching about God's rule and God's reign, God's sovereignty and God's goodness. He's preaching about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. He's preaching about healing and redemption from the curse and, and deliverance from satanic bondage. He's preaching about being delivered from the guilt and condemnation of making a mistake and messing your life up. He's talking about second chances to women who have been caught in the wrong thing and brought the religion wants to stone them. But Jesus says, we're your accusers and there's none. And he says, neither do I. Now get up and go send no more. Here's a new life. Walk in a new life. The kingdom of darkness had you as a nobody, something that would be abused by man. But the kingdom of God makes you a virtuous woman that God will use mightily. Hallelujah. Changed by the power of God. So Jesus, again, he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And what's he doing? And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Why? Because he is a king that's greater than the, 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 the rebellious king, the devil. And he is walking around. He's already said he's going to destroy him. He's going to crush him. He's going to walk in this. And he's showing you that the kingdom of God is greater than the kingdom of darkness in every area. And so as he's preaching this gospel, he's healing, demonstrating the power of the kingdom of God. Amen. But now look what he does here. I'm getting ready to show you the fourth thing here. And when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. You know, isn't it amazing when Jesus looked out? I mean, he saw people's lives were messed up. They were they were beat down. Religion didn't even want them in that you couldn't go to the temple if you were that crowd because you, you was unclean and, and religion won't let you in. But when Jesus looked out on them, he saw them and was moved with compassion. He wasn't moved with disdain. He wasn't moved with condemnation. He wasn't moved by thinking less of them. He looked out and was moved with compassion. They need help. I got to reach these people. I got to bring them out of this and bring them into my kingdom. Got to get them over here where I can rule from the throne of David and help them to be victorious kingdom citizens of God's kingdom. But look what Jesus does. Look at this next point. This is a point that should thrill you and get you so excited. Look what he does. And he sees all these people and he says, Then he said to the disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. 
Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into his harvest. I looked up the word labor. It means a fellow worker belonging to and serving God. He said he's praying for laborers, fellow workers who belong to and serve God. It also means in the Greek, acting together with the truth as the operating power. Acting together as the, with the truth as the operating power. In other words, he says, I'm looking for people who will connect with me and take the truth that I have and make it the power that works in their life and take the same power that I have and reach out to the hurting and the weary and the defeated and the broken that the enemy has broke them down and begin to do for them what I'm doing. I'm inviting you to become a part of my ministry in this new kingdom that I'm bringing on the earth. Jesus is saying, this kingdom isn't just all about me. It's about you coming together with me, taking my truth and making my truth the power that you operate in and taking my truth as the power of the kingdom of God. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is, is what? Sharp and powerful, more powerful than a two-edged sword. It's powerful. It's alive. It's sharp. It's powerful. And so he's saying, take my word and make it the operating power, not your opinion, not what they've done, not what it looks like, not how many times they've messed up. None of that plays into this. Jesus says, you want to be a laborer in my kingdom? You want to work with me in my kingdom? Don't look at all the mess. Look at the word and take the word to them and believe the word will do for them what the word says it will do for them and dare step out and do it and I'll work with you and together we'll be workers together getting this thing done and we'll change people's lives all over the world. That's the kingdom rise. That God looked down and found a virgin and said, I'm going to bring to you something supernatural. And that which is conceived in your womb is going to be a king. And he's going to bring the kingdom of God to man and set people free. And he's going to rule and he's going to be God-man. He's going to be deity. He's going to be humanity. So he can represent you and he can represent me. And he's going to be the mediator that hooks us up together. And when he comes and does this and finishes his work, he will have a kingdom that will last forever and ever and ever because every foe every enemy will have been defeated and he will rule and reign forever and then Jesus comes out and begins to teach this and then he goes to the cross where he undoes and where he destroys and where he defeats and he breaks the power of the devil and all the works destroys his power, destroys his stronghold, comes up with the keys of death and hell, sends the Holy Ghost down upon us, invites us to come into his kingdom by repenting from trying to do it ourselves, and just simply turning around to do it his way, under his authority, under his power. And then he says, don't come in as a bunch of weaklings. Don't come in just as a bunch of religious folks. You've already had that. The kingdom of God, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4.20, is not in word and speech and a good talk, but the kingdom of God is in power. And so the Lord Jesus says, listen, I'm looking out, and I'm seeing all the hurt. 
I'm seeing the sickness. I'm seeing the pain. I'm seeing all this stuff. He says, I'll tell you what I need. I need some laborers who would step into this thing and get the revelation of what this kingdom's all about and get the revelation of who their Lord is and what he's come to do and take his goodness and take his power, take his authority and take his anointing and go. And when you see a hurting person, help them to quit being hurt. And when you go find a struggling person, help them to get back up. And when you find somebody that made a mistake, go bring them God's grace and forgiveness and love. Go tell them that your life can be changed. Come on over in the the kingdom learn to rule and reign in this life as a king and a priest do the things that God has called us to do look in Mark's gospel real quick the 16th chapter and we'll close it right here praise God Mark chapter 16 I want you to see something the Lord Jesus brings the great commission and somebody says yeah but that was just to the well actually 11 at that time they hadn't replaced Judas but he says those were just the original those are the only disciples he had Okay, I mean, these are the ones he chose out. So, but there, he's not just talking to them because then verse 17, he said, these signs will follow them that believe. So he's talking to every believer that will come into the kingdom of God. Amen. So this isn't just to the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. This is to believers. This is to those who repent and believe the gospel. How do you know? Because verse 15, this is what he says. He says in verse 15, he said to them, go in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Preach the gospel to every creature. What gospel are we supposed to preach? What did Jesus preach? The gospel of the kingdom. Amen. That God's kingdom is at hand. That you can reach out and grab it. There's nothing holding you back but you. So you've got to understand something, folks. Before Adam's sin. Every human being that would have been born on the earth would have been born into God's kingdom. But when Adam sinned from his sin on, every person born into the earth would have to choose to be in God's kingdom. So you're faced with a choice. You can stay in the rebellious kingdom that Adam turned his authority over to and still live in darkness and deception. You can be wearied, you can be broken. You can have no, no goals, no purpose, no hope. Or you can repent, change the way you see yourself, change the way you see life, change the way everything, change your mind, thoughts, purposes, and everything about you. Say, God, this hasn't been working. That's what I did. I'm going to tell you what. When I came to the Lord Jesus, I, I, I made the decision. I don't like the way I'm living. I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like how I'm going. I don't like the directions in my life. Lord, I want to make a change. And whenever I made that mindset, my mindset, and I got that in my mind, the Lord began to lead people across my path. And the next thing you know, praise God, I was shown how to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I was 20 years old, never heard Romans 10, 9, and 10 ever in my life. Didn't ever own a Bible up till then. Went to church some. But I never heard any of that. But then I had a couple of guys I played ball with, and, and the Lord told me to go to them. And I went to them and said, hey, can y'all show me how to get saved? It was Baptist, on fire Baptist. Back in the 70s, folks, when you got around a Baptist, you got around a fisherman of men, hallelujah, because they was out to win souls, praise God. I don't know how they are now, but we, 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 we Baptists pride ourselves on getting them saved. 
Now you got to feel the Holy Ghost. And I said, we'll get them saved and feel the Holy Ghost now. Hallelujah. Somebody said, you still Baptist? Baptist plus. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm high octane. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I got off that unleaded stuff and got up there on that. <laughs> that premium. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory to God. I didn't change who I was. I just enhanced him. Hallelujah. Oh, listen, I was already new creation. I just put some power in that new creation. That's what the Holy Ghost does. He comes give you power. Hallelujah. But you see, you have to come to that place, and we have to take this gospel out. And Jesus says to the people, he says, go preach this gospel of the kingdom to all the people. And he says, he that believes and is baptized will be saved, and he that does not believe shall be condemned. See, you still have to choose. To get in the kingdom of God is a personal choice that you have to make. God doesn't force you in this. Jesus came to make it available. He said, it's at hand. What's that mean? You still have to reach out and grab it, don't you? You know, healing is at hand, but you have to use your faith and reach out and grab it. Deliverance is at hand, but you've got to reach out with your hand and grab it and say it's mine. Your miracle is right there at hand. Why? Because the kingdom's right there. And what you've got to do, though, is you've got to step out in faith and say, I'm going to take that as mine. I choose that. I choose this. You know, the great thing about the kingdom of God Whenever I was, you know, growing up, we didn't have a whole lot of money. So if we went into a candy store, I had to be real judicious because I only had probably 10 cents. But you could get penny candy back then. Hallelujah. So I could get nine pieces of candy because it was a penny a piece and a, a penny's tax. Hallelujah. And so I'd take my dime whenever I finally got one. And I could go in and I would, I would stand there. And I, we had a little old country grocery store. And he had his candy thing with all of his penny candy. And I would stand there. And usually it was two or three of us because we finally got enough, you know, five cents here, ten cents here. And you would think we were in there, I mean, just ready to buy a million-dollar situation. But, you know, and finally the store owner, I could never forget, he walked over and says, you boys are going to have to pick out that candy. I'm telling you right now, we're about to close down. You've been here all day. Why? Because we, we couldn't get everyone, so we had to get the ones we wanted. But you know what Jesus did? Jesus came, just opened up the glass, poured out all the money, says, have it all. You don't have to pick and choose anymore, son. You want, you want this, grab your one, eat it. You got something over here, just go over and grab it and eat it, praise God. Well, but Lord, I, I don't have the money to pay for it. It's okay, I paid for it for you. I've already paid for that for you. I paid for it on the cross. I bought and paid for it. And son, don't worry about it. I done qualified you and told them that you can have anything in the store. So you just walk on in here and you enjoy, hallelujah. You know what that means? That means, praise God, I could get born again. I can get filled with the Holy Ghost. I can get healed in my body. I can get peace in my mind. I can believe God to meet the needs of my life. I can walk in victory over the devil. I don't feel, have to be insecure anymore. I just walk around feeling like I'm a nobody. I'm a somebody because I touch Jesus and his blood set me free. Hallelujah. But I have to choose that. I have to choose that. Here in just a few moments, you have to make a choice. What are you going to choose to believe? What are you going to choose to receive? Amen. Now let's look at what he says then. And he says this, and these signs shall follow those who believe. Notice that? Believers. Believers. Believing ones. People who connect with this and believe. And he says this. What's he say? He goes, these signs will follow those who believe. Then he tells you how to do it. In my name. Under my authority, in my place. You're going to represent me, so go in my name. Don't do it in your name. Do it in my name. Stand under the authority of your king. Be an ambassador for him. 
See, if I'm called to be an ambassador to another country, I don't walk in there and say, I'm here representing me. I walk in and I say, I'm here in the name of the United States of America with all the authority and the power that is behind it. And I've got this message from the commander in chief. You need to read this and you need to do it now. I can be real bold speaking to another president. Why? Because I got the backing of the United States and I'm not there representing me. I'm representing everything that the United States of America is. I want to tell you what, when you walk into a situation and the devil's staring at you and demons are trying to stop you, you can walk right in there with your shoulders back, never blink an eye and say, I just want to let you know I'm here in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the king of the kingdom of God, and I'm here under his authority in all of heaven and all of the everything Jesus is, all that he has, all the authority of heaven is backing me right now. I'm not representing me. I'm here in his name, and you're going to listen to me. I had the privilege of, of getting to know Dr. Summerall a little bit when he was in, in ministry, and, and we just enjoyed, and I can remember him telling the story. He was, he was in Africa, and, and, and you know, they, they was having all this stuff, and, and he was in this room, in his bedroom, and all of a sudden he got eerie cold and got real, real and just, just feel the demon presence, and his bed began to vibrate, and he woke him up, and it's vibrating. It vibrated out in the middle of the room, and he said when he opened his eyes and looked up, there was a devil shaking his bed. And he said, I said, in the name of Jesus, stop it and get out of here. He said, immediately the atmosphere changed. The devil turned and went out the door. He said, I stopped and I said, wait a minute, come back in Jesus' name. He said, the devil turned around and came back into my room. And the bed started. I said, not only leave, but put the bed back where you found it. Hallelujah. <laughs> and he said, he vibrated me back to the back. I said, now get out of here in Jesus' name. And he actually did that. That was a true story. Hallelujah. Amen. See, but how could he do that? He knew who he was. He knew his king. He knew the kingdom he was in. He knew the authority that was in the kingdom that he was representing. Are you listening to me? And he knew that that devil that was vibrating his bed had already been defeated, stripped of his armor and of his authority and of his power, and left spoiled and defeated in hell. Amen. And Jesus was the Lord. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Go in the authority of the name of Jesus. And what are we going to do? Cast out demons. First thing you do is just drive the devil off. Get rid of torment. He says, and they shall speak with new tongues. Get filled with the Holy Ghost and pray in tongues. Hallelujah. Just, just get excited about it. Praise God. Woo! Somebody said, what are you doing? I'm speaking in tongues. What are you doing? I'm doing it in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And just do it. Get filled. Quit thinking about it. Just do it. Hallelujah. Then look what he says this. It says they'll take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, they'll not hurt them. That doesn't mean drink poison and handle snakes. You do that, do it on your own time. Amen. Hallelujah. Up in West Virginia, we used to have the, those snake handling churches out in the country, in the hills of West Virginia. And, and a friend of mine was telling me, he said, Said, uh, said a couple of boys just thought they, they just played with them a little bit. And so they waited on Sunday night, and it was, it was in the fall, and so it got dark early. So they had their church service, and he said they waited. You know, the old wooden churches, you know, they, they put the old breaker box on the outside. They used to in those old churches, you know. And so they waited until they got the, the snake box out and opened it up, and they were starting to reach down in it, and they flipped the, the switch, 
and all the lights went out. And a friend of mine said, well, what did they do when all the lights went out? He said, man, they about knocked those doors down trying to get out of there. He said, they don't believe in that anymore than I do. Hallelujah. That's not faith. That's ignorance. Amen. Brother Hagin, you say, ignorance gone to seed. Amen. No, it's not what he's talking about. He's talking about what David said over in Psalm 5, verse 11. He says that if we would take refuge and put our trust in the Lord, he'll put a covering over us and defend us. That means I'm walking in the name of Jesus. I've got the protection and the authority of God operating in me to keep me free from the attacks of the enemy. Amen. But then look what the last thing he says this. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They'll get well. Why would you lay hands on somebody if you don't believe they're going to get healed? You've got to believe that your hands are an extension of the hands of Jesus. And you as a believer, listen, when, when, when there's a gr- real move of God going on, believers get a hold of who they are in the kingdom of God, realize the authority they have as a believer, and realize they don't have to be called to preach. They have to be called to be a laborer and a worker with the Lord Jesus Christ. And they realize they have the authority to operate in the things of the kingdom of God just like anybody else. And, you know, when an opportunity shows up, they jump in. Listen, I can take you back to the late 70s whenever I was getting started in the ministry. And if somebody said, would somebody pray for me? It was dangerous to be in the aisle. Because as a preacher, you couldn't get to them until about 15 of the saints got a hold of them. And they got them in the floor, laying hands on them, praying in tongues, anointing them with all. Amen. I was over in West Africa ministering back in the 90s, and they was having a move of God going on there, and I was helping with the missionary, and we was preaching, and the missionary I was with, and, and, and the pastor had been to ORU, and he'd gone back to his to the nation there, and he'd started a church, and they were working together with this Rhema minister that I knew, and so they're all doing this stuff, and, and we was having a service on Sunday morning, and, and the minister looked, said, you sense that? I said, yeah, what's going on? He said, somebody's got a demon there. He says, look back there, and I saw about five or six of the men, young men. I said, well, they don't. He said, they're smelling it out. And about that time, this demon manifested, and about eight of those guys jumped on him, grabbed him, started rebuking him. And the pastor said, uh, bring him down here, and I'll, I'll pray over him. He said, no, pastor, we got this one. Hallelujah. And they took him out in the back. We get to do this. I mean, this, we got this one. Hallelujah. It's ours. It's our demon. We get to get We're getting this person. Later on in the service, they brought him in, saved, filled the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, worshiping God. These signs follow believers. Amen. Pastor Mark, I may be creating some fanatics for you up here tonight with this message. Praise God. Listen, I can remember in 79, I was pastoring a little church, and we had some of the dear old saints that had gotten in that, that found out who they were, come out of certain churches, got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to tell you what, we pulled into a parking lot, and we'd see two or three of the ladies over with two or three of other ladies in backed up against cars with their park, with their grocery buggies, praying over them if it get filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Because these signs follow believers. And folks, I want to tell you something. We need to give this back. Amen. We need, that's kingdom rise, is we rise up, and we begin to let God use us, and we begin to get bold. I want to tell you why you want to get around a bold woman, get around my wife. She comes home from Big Lots the other day, and she says, honey, you got any messages? We got some messages. I need some messages on the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. I said, what's going on? She goes, well, I was down at Big Lots, walked in there to get something, and this lady came over to me, and I got to talking to her, witnessing to her, and she said, uh, well, I'm saved, but I was Catholic, and I was sprinkled, but could I get filled with the Holy Ghost? Because I've been thinking about that. And she says, 
yes, you can. She said, I started ministering to her. I said, I'm going to get you some messages by my husband. We're pastors, and he'll get you filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And so we got her a couple of CDs, and she just took it and just got wild for Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. It's starting, folks. It's starting. Hallelujah. It's coming. It's coming. That's why we're here. That's what this week's all about. God's getting us ready. Hallelujah. He's getting us ready because he goes on and says that after Jesus spoke these words, he ascended up in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, and they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the signs and wonders and the miracles that that follow the message. Hallelujah. So what do you need to know what you believe, know who you are, and be a part of this kingdom? Because it's the message of the kingdom that will set people free. And God will change your life. And you can walk in victory. Amen? Why don't you stand with me? Hallelujah. All over this place. Stand up. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Just begin to lift your voice up to the Lord right now. Come on. Just begin to minister to the Lord right now. Just begin to bless the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, we'll, we're going to do that. Praise God. We'll do this. Here's the first thing the Lord's speaking to me to do right now. If you're here tonight and this message has challenged you, see, the Lord said when he looked out and saw the multitudes, he said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth the laborers, laborers. Hallelujah. You know what the laborers need to be? They need to be thoroughly saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. What's that mean? They've changed their mind and their attitude and everything about them. They don't want to be what they've been. They want to be what God wants them to be. Amen? I ain't thinking like I used to think. I'm not going to act like I used to act. I'm not going to places I used to go. I'm going to be what God wants me to be, doing it God's way, following His will. Amen? Now, to do that, you've got to be thoroughly saved. You know what I mean by thoroughly saved? That means your heart has to be completely surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect in your life, but it means you're in a position where you can perfect things in your life. I mean, if you know you come to the Lord with your flaws, but you give Him your heart, and He helps you through your heart to clean up your flaws. He takes the imperfections and begins to clean them up and fix them. Amen? The first sign that he said there is this, that, that, you know, that you cast out demons. But the second one, he goes on and says, now speak with new tongues. You know what you need to do? You need to know that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you speak with other tongues. Amen. And then you've got to do this. You've got to want this, not just so you can do it for yourself, but so you can be a laborer in the kingdom of God. You recognize that God has a calling on your life. Pastor John Osteen told the story. He said, a lady came to him and said, Pastor John, would you pray for me? I need a job. So he prayed for her to get a job. And about three weeks later, she came up to him in a service and said, Pastor John, would you pray for me to get another job? He says, well, I thought you got a job. When I prayed, she says, I did. She said, but I'm in this office area, and I got three women that work with me, and they, all, they, 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 they cuss, and they tell vulgar jokes, and they, and, and they drop off nasty magazines on my desk, and I'm just tormented there, and, they, and I, I just want out. And he said, I'm not going to do it. He said, God put you there. Now quit trying to get out of it. And pray for God to use you to change their lives. He said, now let me pray for you, for God to anoint you, so you can be a greater influence for him than they are for the devil. So he sent her out. 
on the midweek service, she came up to him, just all smiles. And he said, what's going on? She says, well, I went back to work on Monday. And she said, they came in, and they got right next to my, my desk and started telling dirty jokes. And then one of them pulled out a nasty magazine. And she said, I was about to cry and about to get up and run to the ladies' room again and ask God, why me, Lord? And she said, I remembered you said, just be bold for Jesus. She said, so I just did this. I just jumped up on my desk, started praying in tongues and shouting, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. And he said, what did they do? She said, they about knocked each other down trying to get out of my square. Hallelujah. And she said, you know what? She said, they didn't come by for another two hours. And she said, one came by and looked over at me, and I went, oh, Jesus, hallelujah. And said, she went running down the hall, hallelujah. But she said, you know, that was on Monday, she said, but on Tuesday, two of those ladies came and apologized for their actions. And she said, the third one's starting to warm up, and I believe I'm going to get them all in church, Hallelujah. See, we got to make a decision. If we're going to operate in the kingdom of God, let's be citizens of the kingdom and laborers with our king because he doesn't look at those as a problem. He looks at them as opportunities. Amen? So here's what we're going to do. You're here tonight. You're ready to be a laborer in the kingdom of God. See, we, we've got to release people. we got to launch people out. Now, you may not jump on a desk and speak in tongues and shout and dance to win them to the Lord. But you need to not be moved, intimidated, or walk in insecurity when you find yourself confronted. Amen? We've already heard messages. We heard about Daniel. No, sir. I ain't going to do that. They're Hebrew children. Uh-uh. Not doing that. Jesus, my Lord. Smith Wigglesworth gave credit for his ministry to his wife he backslid got away from God and she's getting ready to go to church one night and he told her he says you're not going to church yes I am I'm your husband you're not going to church she said Smith you may be head over the home but Jesus is head over my, my, my heart and he's Lord over me not you and so I'm going to church and Smith said I locked her out that night you ever read the book? He locked her out of the house. Got mad. Locked her out. Went to bed and forgot. Next morning, he got up and realized he, did, he locked her out. So he jumped up and went to the front door. She wasn't there. Jumped up went to the back door. When he opened up, she kind of she huddled up against it. She fell back into the kitchen. He said, I'm ready for her to jump up and just lay into me. Said she jumped up, said not a word. Got up and fixed my breakfast. Fixed my favorite breakfast. And said, Smith, you got to eat and hurry because you got to get to work. And he said, I wish you'd have hit me with the frying pan instead of frying my eggs that morning. He said, but you know what happened? Because she refused to let the kingdom of darkness operate through her. He said, it broke my heart and I gave my life back to Jesus. And my ministry goes all the way back to that moment when a true believer showed me what the kingdom of God was all about. what it's all about we're true citizens and believers of the king the Lord Jesus Christ and of his kingdom and we build our lives on his message and we take the power of his word as our power to be an overcomer
And we don't let our flesh dominate us, and we don't let other people dominate us. We're uncompromisingly a citizen of the kingdom of God. That's what's going to bring revival. Amen? If I'm speaking to your heart right now and you're saying, Pastor Darrell, I want to come. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want an anointing upon my life. I want you to step out and come down here in the front right now. Who am I talking to? Who's, who's going to be those, those laborers? Who's going to step out right now? Anybody here? Come on. Who's, who, just don't wait on somebody else. God speaking to your heart. Lord, I, you, here I am, Lord. Use me, Lord. Give me boldness, Lord. Give me strength. Give me courage. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Lord, anoint me with a fresh anointing. Lord, empower me with a courage to stand strong. Come on, there's others in here. Your heart's pounding right now. You just need to obey God. Don't think about how you're going to do it. Don't think about what, what is. You just take care of it right now. You notice Jesus didn't say repent, believe that somewhere down the line. He said, just repent and believe the message right now. And Jesus said, if you'll believe, you'll be saved, you'll be healed, you'll be delivered, you'll be set free. And then you'll begin to be used by me. Hallelujah. Amen. You're here tonight and you say, Brother Huffman, I need a healing in my body. I want you to step out right now and come down here and join this crowd. Come on, I need a healing in my body. I need a healing in my body. Hallelujah. Lord, I need a healing in my body. I need a healing. I need a healing. I need healing. Maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, I need an emotional healing. Jesus set people free that were tormented in their minds. You know what that means? Emotional healings. I'm not going to let the enemy torment me and and bring up my past or or do any of that other stuff anymore. Amen? I'm going to be set free. I'm free. Amen. That's what the Lord's saying. You're going to be free. Now, why am I bringing those that I've just called up here? Because in the Gospels, when people were healed, they followed Jesus in the way. You don't get healed of something just to feel better. Your motive and it to being healed is not so you can get up tomorrow and say, oh, it feels so good to be without pain. When blind Bartimaeus was called out by the Lord, he dropped his robe. Now, you got to understand something. In that day, what you wore signified your position in society. And that robe said he was an outcast that couldn't mingle with everybody else. But he dropped that off because he said, I'm, once, I, once I get with Jesus, I ain't never going back to that. And the Bible says that Jesus healed him and then it says this, and, and blind Bartimaeus followed Jesus in the way. Amen? What's that mean? That means he got right in his party and did his life the way Jesus wanted. To be a witness for the Lord and a laborer in the harvest field doesn't mean you have to be some super bold, some out there person. just means you're following the Lord. And whenever He wants you to do something, here I am, Lord. I'll speak up. I'll love Him. I'll walk in it. Amen. Now everybody here, you up here, have you followed your heart? Remember, this is your choice. See, the kingdom of God now, you're not, it's not just something that, that happens for you. You have to choose now. 
But see, the reason the Lord came was to give us that choice again. See, before Jesus, you didn't have a choice. You had to go and operate under the law and operate under a a, a note of promise waiting on the true blood of the true Savior to come before it could be cashed in. That's why they put the blood of animals as a promissory note. But when Jesus went on the cross and when He went up into the heavenly holy of holies and put His blood on the mercy seat, He redeemed all those promissory notes. That's why Abraham's bosom could be emptied and they could go to heaven. Amen? But we get to choose. You ready to get free? Would you lift your hands up to the Lord? Hallelujah. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.